Amen. That is the truth. When you serve the Lord, you change someone's life. It just may be your own. I'm glad that you are here. Before we get into the message, if we haven't met before, my name is Peter. I serve as one of the pastors here alongside a great team, a great team that you don't always see up here on the platform, but there are a number of people that just make hope run, and I want to thank you for becoming a part of hope. Now, before we get into the message, I want to ask you to pray specifically for a part of our family. We're in a series that's talking about our family. The DNA is what makes us unique and also what makes us the same. So we're talking about the church defined. That's about you and me. And we are family. We're glad to have Pastor Earl back. Pastor Earl is my father, Pastor Scott's father. Uh, He was off on a tour in Canada this week. Glad to have him back. But last night, that's it for Pastor Earl. Give it up. Yeah. Last night during the red eye, some of my family was flying back from California. Uh, We have a daughter named Christy and her husband Logan flew back on the red eye overnight to be here in Florida because Logan's mother and father were in a critical car accident. And uh, Donna has had three surgeries already uh, to control bleeding. So I want you to pray for Dennis and Donna Johnson. They are family because we, all of us, doesn't matter what your last name is, we are family. We are connected by the DNA of Jesus. It's, it, when we talk about the DNA of the church, we're not just talking about hope defined. We're talking about the church. The church is made up of you and me and all believers around the world. The church is bigger than hope. The church is Jesus. And we're talking about those things. Now, in particular, we're talking about what makes hope different, what makes us become us, what identifies us as we connect together, because we have put some things together that really describe why we do what we do, because that is really how it makes us His. So we want to be like Jesus. We are in that series of messages about being like Jesus. We have talked about loving Love like Jesus. We've talked about living like Jesus. Last week we talked about giving like Jesus. And today we're focused on another key element, serving like Jesus. When we talk about serving like Jesus, it really starts not with an action. The action flows out of something else. It really begins with an attitude. The attitude that we need to have in our hearts if we want to be like Jesus. The attitude should be the same. Your attitude, my attitude, our attitude, our DNA, the attitude of our DNA should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God... Because he was God. He was God from all of creation. But he made himself nothing. 
Well, you go, well, what? Nothing. Well, when you get to that next phrase, you understand what it means to be made nothing because he said, who made himself nothing, taking upon, taking the very nature of a servant. The one who was the supreme one of creation. The one who spoke the words and the worlds were formed and fashioned. The one who breathed his breath into the dust, the dirt, the mud, the clay of the earth and gave life. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Being made in human likeness, with our restrictions, with our limitations, looking like us. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. The attitude of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient. You know, Pastor Earl did not have to teach me how to be disobedient. I learned that from Pastor Scott. For those of you that wonder, he is one year older. You know, you don't have to teach someone to be disobedient, but you do have to train them to submit their will to the will of that should be in place, and in this case, he became obedient, obedient to death. Oh, I thank the Lord that he has not called each of us to lay our lives sacrificially on a real wooden cross, even the death on the cross, but he has called each and every one of us to lay ourselves aside, for if any of you or me come and we want to follow after him. What must we do? What must we first do? We must deny ourselves, take up our cross, the calling of Christ to your heart. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Follow him how? Follow him in that attitude. The attitude that says, it's not about me. The attitude that says, I will be obedient to the voice of the Father. You know, sometimes we have an issue with that. We, we don't like that servant word. We don't, man, like, I want to be served. I, I want to go to the restaurant. I don't want to be the one doing the dishes. I want the server to come and to serve me. And we think about that a lot, about more of life than just when we go to the restaurant. We think, you know, I, I deserve it. I, I deserved. I should be served. Deserve. Ah. And, and that's what we're looking for. You know, it, it's not just you and me. That's the reality of life. We struggle with that. We wrestle with that. It, it's not just you and me, though, because if we go back into the Word, if we go back to Jesus, because Jesus, man, he changes people, Right? He changes people so that when you're around him, the more you're around him, the more you're changed, right? Except sometimes it doesn't happen. Because I'm going to talk about Mark chapter 10. 
And in Mark chapter 10, it's, it's actually the scripture part that Holly was, Pastor Holly was sharing about serving like Jesus. Because there were these two dudes. They were brothers, physical blood brothers. James and John, like Scott and Peter, okay, blood brothers. They were the, the sons of Zebedee, okay, the sons of thunder. Okay, we both ride Harleys, we're the sons of thunder. I don't think that James and John rode Harleys, but they made a lot of noise. And they got together, and they came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, can you do us a solid, uh, a favor? What we'd really like is, like, we know one day we're all going to be at the throne room with Daddy God. And what we'd really like is one of us on the right and one of us on the left because we want to be just like you. We want to be with you. And Jesus took that opportunity in Mark chapter 10 to teach in verses 36 and 37, 38, 39, 40. He kept teaching them about what it means to be served, what it means to be like Jesus, what it means to be kingdom-minded. 41, 42, 43, 44, and then he gets down to verse 45. And that is the verse that Pastor Holly was quoting. When she said, the Son of Man, it's not in your notes. You may want to write it down. You know you get extra bonus points. Pastor Scott will tell you that. Extra gold, jewels in your crown. Structure for your cab, not just your cabin, your cottage. Oh, your mansion in heaven, yes, when you take extra notes. And what it means is for us to be like Jesus who said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That is what we have been called to do, to give our lives for the sake of others. Do you know, do you know that you can do acts of service and still not be a servant? If your motivation is rooted in selfish ambition, if your intended outcome is recognition, okay, I'm doing this, look at me. If your ultimate purpose is to benefit yourself in some way, that is not serving like Jesus. He was a true servant. And a true servant true servanthood begins with selflessness. John said he must increase and I must decrease. Less of me, more of him. I, I actually will doodle sometimes those letters. It's actually, I think, on my computer monitor. Lots of things that are right. To remind myself, Lomo, L-O-M-M-O-H, less of me, more of him. Because that is what it means to serve like Jesus who said, less of me, more of the Father. More of the plans of heaven than the plans of just my heart, what I, I, I want. 
because that's self. True servanthood, to serve like Jesus, means to be selfless. Here's something you want to write in your lines that are on your page. You can post this online. Being a servant is as much of an attitude as it is an action. Being a servant is as much of an attitude. It begins with attitude that flows out into action from our hearts to our hands. So we need to be like Jesus. Some of you would recognize the phrase, be like Mike. Big, a big uh, pattern about being like Michael Jordan. Want to be like Mike. No, 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 no. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus wasn't just the superstar. He was the servant. Oh, so how do I get to be the greatest? Oh, there's lots of debate about the greatest of all time. But there is no debate about who was the greatest of all time. His name is and always shall be Jesus. Jesus. He is the greatest. And how did he become the greatest? By being the servant of all. So if we want to be like Jesus, we've talked about loving and living and giving last week, and now we're on to serving. If we want to be like Jesus, we must do our life like Jesus, which involves serving. We must serve like Jesus if we want to be like Jesus. I guess that brings us down to one question. If we want to be like Jesus, if we want to serve like Jesus, how did Jesus serve? What what attitudes, what actions did he demonstrate during his time? What example did he set or create for you and I, for his disciples to follow? How did he serve? He served, first of all, with compassion, He served with emotion. When Jesus served out of a heart that overflowed from heaven, it stirred his emotions. Yes, he was sent as an emissary of heaven. Yes, he was sent with a mission to complete, just as you and I are sent with a mission to complete. But it wasn't just on the basis of what was written, what was instructed. Not just what was in Scripture, but it's what was in his heart. He had desire. He had desire to see the world redeemed and brought together so that we could serve one another. He had that great desire when he looked around. When he saw what was going on, he did something about it. The Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 9, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages. He was teaching in their synagogues. Now, a little aside. He was teaching in their synagogues. We, we have some people in the room that are really educated because they want to teach. One young lady who's 
right now in the midst of working, finishing her doctorate. Because she wants to teach. And I want to commend you for desiring to teach because that means that you need to keep on learning all your life long. Keep learning God's Word because then you can share it. Now, I will also say this because some of the men at the church have heard this. I say don't let school get in the way of your education. Some of you will get that a little later. Because there is more to life than just school, but there is not much more to life than learning from the throne room of heaven. And when you learn from the throne room of heaven, you can do what Jesus did. He went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news. What was the gospel? What was the good news? It was the gospel that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. The gospel of the kingdom. And then he went about healing every sickness and disease among the people. Oh, because he had that stirring in his heart. He had a mission that he was sent on. But when he looked around him, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion for those that he saw because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. How does this, how does this connect to you and me? Well, when you look at the neighbor next door, across the street, the kids that are in school with you, the people that you work with, the people in Publix and Walgreens, Walmart, when you look, you can see the distress on their face and in their hearts. They are, they are weary and worn out because they've not yet been introduced to the good shepherd. We need to serve like Jesus, allowing our hearts to get involved. We need to have our hearts break over sin and rejoice in the truth. We need to have regular occurrences. What happened to me, I can recall one time so vividly, I was coming across the border. We lived in Canada. Came over to uh, Jim's Mobile Mart. Fill up with gas. We were headed on our way to Ohio. And I, I filled up with gas and I came in to pay. There was a little girl. She couldn't have been much more than nine or ten. Tatty, ratty hair, disheveled clothes, no shoes. And uh, she was at the slushy machine. She looked at me and said, Mr. Do I have enough? And I heard the words of a song that says, don't tell them Jesus loves them until you're ready to love them too. 
And I said, sweetheart, you can have whatever you want. I got in the car. I cried most of the way to Ohio. I get my soft button from my dad. It's a good thing. We need to have those experiences where the compassion in our heart recognizes those that are in need because there is a world in need of Jesus. They don't have the shepherd and they need him. If we're going to serve like Jesus, it needs to affect you here. You see, you can't just pick and choose who you want to love. You, you, can't, you can't pick and choose who you're going to love. Because Jesus served everyone. everyone. As a matter of fact, it's the next point. Jesus served with consistency. Jesus took... Every opportunity. Why? Why did he? Because there's not enough time. There is, there is not enough time. If all of us are doing everything with everyone, oh, that is a wonderful thing. But when we try to pick and choose... Oh, I'm going to take, yeah, Jesus, I'm just chilling on this. I'm not, this, this servant thing right now, I'm just, no. I, I, a few days off, Jesus. Yeah, I'm, those people, I, I know they're going to hell, but I'm, I'm just going to skip that opportunity. You laugh. But it happens. We don't think about the peril of their eternity. You see, God sent you and I, just as he sent his son, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Oh, did God send the Holy Spirit to you and me? So God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, just as he has you and me, and he went about doing good and healing, what's that next word? All. No picking and choosing. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, when I talk about those who are weary and scattered, the people that are worn down in life, the people that are depressed, the people that you know across the street, around the corner, in your classes, in your break room, the people at your workplace, and they are weary and they are scattered, you want to believe they are being oppressed by the devil. Because he has come to steal and to kill and destroy, according to John 10.10. But what did Jesus say? I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, the abundant life, have it more abundantly. Now, he did it consistently. He did it all the time. How did he do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does the last part of that scripture say? For God was with him. When Jesus left the planet, he said, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another comforter. Do you know the word for another means another of the same kind? 
I'm going to send you another comforter. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to abide with you always. That's why Jesus said, I'm leaving you, but I'm, not, I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the age. Because he was sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was coming to abide with you. He was also helping you to illuminate your mind to the Scriptures, to unfold and to understand what his word, the directions for your life. And he was sent to empower you to live every day so that you can share and serve like Jesus, so that you can lay your hands on the sick and see them healed, so that you can speak the words of life and see people come from death to life in Jesus. Not just picking and choosing. He is with you. Say it. Jesus is with me. Oh, the rest of you need to say it now. Jesus is with me. Hallelujah. That is the truth. He's come to empower you to live that victorious life. God is with you. He wants you to be going like he was, going about doing good. Preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven that is at hand to change eternal destiny. I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful that it teaches us. But there's a whole lot of other stuff that we sometimes study and we learn. But it's not just about what we learn. It's about the process of applying our hearts and not just looking at it from your or my perspective. I'm going to tell you a little truth now. Every week, I learn that I really don't know much. Because I'm looking at it only from one person's perspective. I need you. You need me. There, you know, there are, I'm a man of science and uh, measurement, and I am, by my nature, risk-averse. And there are some other team members. They refer to themselves collectively as the creatives. Some days they could drive me nuts. But I need them desperately, desperately, desperately need them. Because if I want to learn to serve like Jesus, I need to learn from the creatives because Jesus served with creativity. He stepped out of what would be my comfort zone and he used what was at hand. Now think about this last week. Last week, Pastor Scott was talking about giving giving to, to see things increase. Remember, remember the story that he told about the boy with the loaves and the fishes? Jesus used what was at hand. What, whatever he had, and he says to you, whatever your hand finds to do, do with it with all your might, right? He's saying, whatever you find at hand, use that to serve me. Some of you have the gift of loving kids. Some of you don't. We use the gifts that you have. Whatever they are, he wants you to use it to the best of your ability. And then you cannot say, you cannot say, I got nothing. I'm going to show you how. You can't, why you can't say that. 
and how it works. Because Jesus served with creativity. As a matter of fact, a blind guy came to Jesus. said, Jesus, heal me. And the disciples and those that were gathered around Pharisees, they said, hey, Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man's sin? Was it his parents' sin? How far back in the lineage? And Jesus said, uh, 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 uh. This man was born blind simply to reveal the glory of God. And when he said these things, he spat on the ground and he made clay with saliva. He took his spittle and mixed it with the dust, the dirt of the earth. Wait, isn't that where we all started out? He mixed the dust and the dirt, and he made the clay with his saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He took what was at hand, even when there was nothing at hand but creativity, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man, caked it on good, And when the blind man opened his eyes, I can see. And friends, when you use the creativity that comes from heaven, you will anoint those that are spiritually blind and they will open their eyes and say, I can see Jesus. When you serve like Jesus, it surges through you to be like him to anoint like Him, to think like Him, bringing sight to the blind. I can see. So, He he teaches us to serve with compassion, to serve with consistency, to serve with creativity. Now I'm going to give you a without. He teaches you to serve without reservation. Jesus didn't discriminate at all. And neither should we. Do you know that God made the human race Only one. There's not races. We're the human race. We have DNA. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're still a human. It doesn't matter the tone of your skin, you're still human. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how uneducated, how educated, uneducated, how brilliant. How challenged, how gifted, how anointed, how unanointed, how rich, how poor, how good looking, how beat up you look. Nuh uh. 
It doesn't matter. Jesus didn't discriminate, and neither should we. He served without reservation. When he came in John chapter 4, he went to the, the well. Where was that well? Is out in Samaria. Now, Samaria, that wasn't, you know, where the Jews went. Mm, them the castouts. And Jesus went out there, and, and he asked a woman for a drink. John chapter 4, verse 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. The point is, we got to come together. We got to come together. Together. She was, first of all, she was a, a woman, and you know, she was a, you know, what kind of woman? A Samaritan. What, what, just beyond that. Okay, now this woman, because he's the holy man, right? She was the woman who is, uh, she had uh, one husband, two, three, four, and number five wasn't even married to him. But Jesus, didn't discriminate who he was bringing life to. We need to reach out to bring life to those who are lifeless. And it doesn't matter. One iota. Whether you agree with me or not, this is the Scripture. This is the Word of God. This is what is right. See, what was his pastor was talking about loving like Jesus a few weeks ago? And there was that good guy. What was the good guy's last name? Samaritan. Oh, yeah, one of those. And he loved like Jesus. There's a point to this. Why did Jesus do this? He did this to show us that there is no difference. And we cannot reserve ourselves. You see, when Jesus was out there in Samaria, it's where you needed, uh, you needed the well. Why? Because it was dry. And in the desert of life, where they are weary and scattered, where they are worn down, depressed, they need living water. Jesus said, if, woman, if you knew who I was, you'd ask for me and I would give you living water that would cause you to never thirst again. Friends, that's what we need to do. We need to take the water of life and share it with everyone. With everyone. We need to love like Jesus when we serve like Jesus. And if we're going to love and serve like Jesus, we're going to serve with humility and always, 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 always with love. You might want to write this one down. Servants are not status seekers. 
They don't care about position. Only Jesus, only Jesus, who humbled himself and became the divine servant. The scripture I want to focus on is comes right before Jesus giving the greatest sacrifice, the greatest service, laying down his life for us. But before that, there's the Passover. And he gets together with his friends, those that he has, he has worked with, those that have been his servants for the last three years. He gets together in, in a room to celebrate the Passover. And I don't know why the host had not washed their feet when they came in. And they'd already gone through supper. And when I talk about their feet, how many of you know feet stink? And, and when, it comes to, when it comes to those days, those ways, there was some other stuff in the streets from horses, camels, goats. You'd get on your sandals and your feet. And after dinner, Jesus rose from the table. Symbolically, he laid aside his garments just like he laid aside the glories of heaven. He took a towel. It did not have the Church of Hope logo on it. He girded himself. He put it around himself. And after that, he knelt down. He poured water into a basin. And he began to wash their feet. The low of the low, he reached down to the very bottom to take the soil from off the soles of their feet. He went around the table. He got to, got to Peter. Peter freaked out a little bit. Typical Peter. Got to love him. Me, see. He said, Lord, you know, no, no, no. It's, he said, hey, Peter, if I, don't, if I don't wash you, we're not connected. See, the point of serving is to connect. To connect with one another. Peter said, oh, Lord, then wash all of me. He said, no, 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 that's not what this is about. This is about a teaching moment. Verse 13, 15 says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus is the example. If you want to serve like Jesus, follow His example. Who with love and humility bends over and wipes the crud off someone's life. That's what He calls us to do. With humility and love, wash 
the crud off in the name of Jesus. Without reservation, with deep humility, He wasn't saying, okay, got to wash your feet now. He wasn't, we, we live in a day and an age where we get to shower every day. If we want to. You can even run this, if you say, I don't have a shower, Pastor, I say, there's a spigot outside the, the door. You can always turn it on and the water will wash it all off. The example he was setting was the example of humility and love to do the dirty work in Jesus' name. It wasn't just enough, though, to set that example because in that same chapter, in that same book, in that same gathering, He gave them something else. He gave them a new commandment. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. You see, if we serve like Jesus, we serve with compassion, we serve with consistency, we serve with creativity, we serve without reservation, with love and humility. We genuinely care. It's not just making sure your to-do list is checked off. I'm, I'm really thankful for those of you that are right now going to text in to one nine four one two six zero one three two one the word serve serve for, for light the night but it's not just about the to-do list it's about following like jesus as a true servant to genuinely care you see i started off with true servanthood begins with selflessness but it maintains humility throughout the time of service and ultimately seeks not me the good of others. And that requires a right heart attitude. And it requires sacrifice. We always need Him to work on our hearts, to put us in that place where we can be like Jesus. Let's stand for prayer. I'm going to invite the prayer ministers to come. Would you just uh, close your eyes for a minute as they come? For some of you, while I've been sharing, <clears throat> there's been a little struggle in your heart about this serving thing. If you found yourself struggling, I invite you to ask Jesus for a change of heart. For some of you, you go there, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I want you to look at your calendar and begin placing others ahead of your own self on the schedule of your life. Make other people first in your day-to-day. -day. And the reality is, if you just Listen to God 
and do what he says, the miracles will happen. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and I invite everyone to pray with me. If you want to become more like Jesus, would you pray after me and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Change me and make me like you. Help me to serve others with love and grace and humility. Fill me with your hope and a love that never dies. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus is already starting his work. The next couple of minutes, I'm going to invite you to come. If you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, first time in a long time, come and just share with one of our prayer ministers. They want to pray with you, pray for you. If you, uh, if you need to be baptized, uh, you can go to the Fresh Start desk. You can text in life to that number. And if you said yes to Jesus today, if you said yes, just text the word yes to 941-260-1321. We're going to send you some information that will help connect you. If you need prayer for something in your life or healing in your life or a situation in your life, prayer ministers are here to pray with you and for you. We also have the communion set up on your left and your right. If you want to celebrate what Christ has already completed, we invite you to do that. If you're new here, if this is the first time that you've ever been here, I want to invite you to come back and listen to Pastor Scott. He's much better than me. And then stop by the VIP room. If you're new here, you have any questions, we'll try to answer those. And we'll give you more gifts. We always love giving gifts because that's what Jesus does. He gives gifts. So we just receive them. So right now, I want to pray a prayer of blessing on you, and I invite you just to take the position of receiving from Him. Lord, I pray that you would pour out on your sons and your daughters. As we gather to worship you in these next few minutes, as we pray around the altars, may heaven touch our hearts. As we celebrate Holy Communion, I pray, Lord, your blessing on the cup and on the bread. Thank you for your sacrifice. And Lord Jesus, may this day we serve more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come for prayer. Come for communion. Go in his grace.